Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back for another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. Uh, this week's episode is based on a one of the many user questions we get in, Tom. Yeah. Um, this was a multi-paragraph email, which <laughs> normally it means big, I wouldn't read it. It was a big one. <laughs> but, uh, it was so detailed that Rather than put it as part of a Q&A episode, we've done a whole, dedicated a whole episode. So yeah. uh, thank you. You'll know who you are if you're still listening. Um, and it's about whether ESG is changing from just a risk framework to actually looking at the positive good that companies do. Um, so we'll come on to that in a second. But Tom, uh, the email that was this question actually did mention Admin Corner. They said it was their favorite part of the uh, pod as oh, uh, getting a growing following. Jacob still hasn't done a jingle for it, I don't think, but um, maybe one day I'll come to you <laughs> Come to you in admin corner. Oh, we started. Sorry, I thought you were supposed to be Jacob then. <laughs> I drifted away thinking about Jacob joining the pod one day as the third, uh, third member. Um, admin corner, yeah. So uh, as usual, keep those questions coming in. Uh, podcast.circa5000.com please uh, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and share with your friends and watch the videos on YouTube and now chart news wow um, straight into chart news we are still flying high in the Chilean podcast charts yeah. thank you very much where we belong where we belong and we have now entered for the first time the Latvian podcast charts um so that's a new one, and um, Latvian uh, for thank you is Paldis, apparently. So uh, cheers. Such, a, such a linguist. Something I thought I'd mention is that what seems to happen is we get into one of these countries' podcast charts. We're there for like three or four weeks. Yeah, They like us at the beginning, they get sick of us, and we never go back in after that. So I'm expecting Chile to fall off in the next couple of weeks. And where we'll be next after, after Latvia. It's very hard to predict where we'll be next. Well... Um, but yeah, Latvia, thank you very much. Um, updates on the competitions? Yes. May as well do that. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this on the 28th of March. You have um, until the close of the ISA season, so end of the tax year, 5th of April in the UK, to um, deposit into your Circa 5000 ISA to win a chance to double your contributions for the tax year, uh, the current tax year, that is. So... Uh, Terms and conditions apply, Tom, as always. Uh, you know, this is not just a free-for-all. Um, but, um, yeah, so if you t- if you contribute in this tax year to a Circa 5000 ISA, um, you are automatically entered into a competition to have those contributions doubled and paid into an ISA for yeah. next year. So <clears throat> worth doing. Second competition is the pension competition, a chance to win £20,800. Uh, to qualify for that, amongst the other terms and conditions that do apply, you have to open a Circa 5000 pension account and transfer in an old pension to your new Circa 5000 pension account. Uh, you have until some point in May to do that one. I think mm-hmm. it's the end of May. Yeah. Um, but check the terms and conditions, which will be in the show notes. Um, but two good competitions there. Potentially, you could win both. You could win yeah. £40,800 wow. if you max out your allowances. So. Wow. Um, there we go. Which is the price of a cucumber in the UK. <laughs> the 
<laughs> Treat yourself. We still haven't done our UK special that we've been promising for about three months These now. keep getting worse. And there's new material every week. So well, we haven't, we're, what will happen we're storing is, it all up. by the time we get round to it, the UK will be the fastest growing, most <laughs> lucrative Singapore-style uh, economy in the, glo- in the globe. Yeah, hopefully, um, maybe, probably not. Okay, should we jump in, Let's Tom? Let's do it. So the question um, distilled into to, to one question was, is ESG solely a risk framework for financial materiality as originally envisaged, or has it now morphed into a tool for assessing companies' proactive ESG impacts on the world? And I think the motivation for this question mm. um, was that we have always made this distinction between ESG and impact. Yeah. We've always said ESG is a risk framework and that impact investing is distinct um, by the fact that it actively seeks out uh, positive change or companies delivering positive change. Um, But the questioner actually gave us a few examples of where fairly respected uh, industry publications or uh, companies had had sort of seemingly misdefined ESG and started talking about how it was more to do with uh, how a company has a positive impact environmentally or socially. Yeah. So um, is it worth, Tom, you giving your, from the Tom McGillicuddy, Tom McGillicuddy investment textbook, definitions of ESG and impact? And then we'll come on to some of the examples. Yeah. Um, and by the way, it's great when someone else does oh, the prep for the episode. So done the full please, if you have an idea, make yeah. sure that you yeah. tee it all up for us and yeah. we'll definitely do if it. If you have a question... <laughs> Think about how that question could be turned into an episode of, say, 20 minutes. Give us a few source materials um, like this uh, listener has, and then we don't have to do much work. (laughs) Um, Right, hopefully I won't get these definitions wrong. So ESG, environmental, social, and governance investing, really is just a risk framework for um, looking at a company's stock price and assessing whether it's going to be exposed to uh, an E, an S, or a G risk that could have a material impact on its future stock price performance. An example could be on governance. Um, the CEO role is the same as the chair of the board. That might be a conflict. Is it better to have it separated? Um, if it's not separated, that could be bad governance and that could have an impact on the stock price in the future. How it's used in, in day-to-day asset management in the investment industry is mostly as a, a, a checklist item when looking at whether to make an investment or not. Um, and just because something has a bad ESG score doesn't mean that um, that an, a fund, an asset manager, an investment manager wouldn't invest in that company because they may deem that there's other factors at play which still make it a good investment, i.e. the price of the stock is very low and they think the future stock price is going to be high. So even though it's got bad ESG, ESG score, the, the net effect will still be positive. And so it's making absolutely no judgment of what the company's doing in the world. It's just looking at what the, the world is effectively doing to the company. Um, the opposite is true of impact investing, and that's why we've always drawn a line and why they should always be considered as distinct ways of investing. Impact is looking at what the company's doing to the world. It's looking at what the product and service that company is selling and how that contributes to solving some kind of big world problem and also offers the potential for for, for financial return. Um, We would say at least market rate financial return, so at least the the return you'd expect from a a broad equity market index like the uh, MSCI or Country World or S&P 500 over the long term. In fact, we would go one step further and say that 
if you can invest in the companies that are uh, solving big world problems to the business models, um, that the companies that sit on these huge structural shifts in society that play out over the long term, then you could stand the chance to earn outsized returns over a long term uh, period. So that's how we would define impact investing. So completely distinct, completely different. You do see impact investment strategies that also incorporate elements of ESG because ESG can be a good practice. Of course, you want to assess those risks. Um, they aren't mutually exclusive. They can be used together, um, but they are very, very different than what they're trying to do and their aims. And so the the question from the, from the listener was about, it's becoming confusing yeah. because you've got all these reputable financial houses, whether they're journalists or investment managers themselves, kind of conflating the two, using elements of the two together, and, and so is ESG morphing into something more, more like impact, or are they just incorrect or are they, are they doing that for some kind of ulterior motive? Yeah, so one of the examples given was a was a, an article written in Bloomberg, which was called the ESG Mirage. Mm. Um, so Sounds exciting. And it focuses on MSCI, which is the big um, data company, basically, yeah. um, that, you know, previously into sort of producing indexes for funds to track and, yeah. and reporting. Now they do a lot of um, ESG data. Um, and it says that, it, you know, it's almost like uh, 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 a sort of expose, mm. you know, MSCI, the largest ESG rating company, doesn't even try to measure the impact of a corporation on the world. It's all about whether the world might mess with the bottom line. Yeah. So, um, yes, true, yes, because true. that's what it is. <laughs> um, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, the, the implication there is almost that, well, it should be measuring the positive impact on the world. Yeah. And and the reason actually it does criticize for that is because a lot of the marketing messages yeah. around MSCI and the people that use that data are all around like helping make uh, you know, build better football portfolios for a better world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, it might be build better portfolios, but it's all about <laughs> building better portfolios on the basis of yeah. identifying, measuring, and understanding all of the risks to this company. Yeah. As in Will the world have an impact on the bottom line? Yeah. Um, and one of the good examples that they they highlight there is uh, MSCI talking about McDonald's, um, and basically our, our favourite restaurant. Well, very consistent, Tom. <laughs> very consistent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and um, they talk about well, McDonald's on the face of it, you know, one of the biggest buyers of beef and. Um, producers of beef in the in the entire world. Yeah, carbon emissions associated with that are massive. Um, you might think that as a result, it should have a low yeah. ESG rating. Well, in fact, no, because <laughs> in MSCI's own words, climate change is neither a risk nor a, an opportunity for yeah. a business like McDonald's. Yeah. In other words, they're assessing that when they when they assess the score on a company like McDonald's, mm. it's will will basically regulation in the climate change space encroach on the ability for McDonald's to generate a profit from doing its business? Yeah. Um, or is there some fundamental factor where McDonald's couldn't adapt its business to cope with with those changes? Yeah. And, and no. And actually, uh, it, it gets a good, it gets a positive uh, impact from things like recycling packaging. Mm. But the reason given for that is that it gets a positive uh, score on that because it's complying with local regulations mm. in areas where they would get fined if they didn't recycle a certain amount of their waste. Right. So it's not 
McDonald's are doing great because they're recycling yeah. more and that's good for the planet and therefore it should have a positive score. It's not a score. social good. It's basically yeah. saying, well, McDonald's isn't creating a financial risk for itself exactly. by breaching this regulation yeah, where yeah. it has to recycle some of its waste. Yeah. And that is fundamentally an example of just yeah. exactly how ESG works, yeah, yeah. is there are risks associated with these categories for this business. Yeah. Are they in breach of them? And you see it on the, even like the governance side. So often where you see a company with a low governance score, it doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, people won't invest in it. No. They're just willing to take the increased risk mm. of poor governance due to the financial return exactly. potential of that business. Exactly right. Um, and you often see sort of like data leak scandals or other these type of scandals coming out where businesses are deemed to have a poor governance score Yeah, because, you know, it's been measured as a as a potential risk. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it affects the stock price or the investment case for that business because yeah. people are willing to say, well, even if it's poor on all these factors, uh, you know, the potential returns of this business yeah. and, the, and the business model means it, we, we, we get comfortable with it anyway. Yeah. I've seen an, uh, an example always stuck in my mind from um, uh, our career so far was that there was a, there was a portfolio of investments um, where ESG was embedded. In those ESG talked about quite heavily. It wasn't a impact portfolio it wasn't claiming to change the world but a client questioned um why a weapons manufacturer was in that portfolio given the esg stance and that weapons manufacturer had some minor exposure within its revenue to cluster munitions which is um which is i think more or less banned now in most portfolios this is some time ago and the answer from the portfolio manager was well there are some maybe s risks um, but when you net them out against the low price of the stock, we think that the, the the return profile, potential return profile of this investment outweighs any other potential risk. And the and the the, the, the client um, of that of that fund was like, how can this claim to incorporate ESG? Well, it was one hundred percent incorporating ESG in what ESG is meant for, which is an additional element of a risk framework. There was no moral. Um, uh, argument being made about whether weapons manufacturers should be included and whether cluster munitions should be included. It was purely a price-related conversation. And net the net effect in that portfolio manager's eyes was this is still a good investment from a risk perspective. Yeah. And I think I think the, it, it, this all comes down to basically a real, a real, and we've talked about it before in terms of marketing, is it's yeah. easy to get carried away with marketing to yeah. say, to hear the words environmental, to hear the words social, and go and get carried away with how you would market those terms and how the incorporation of factors to do yeah. with the under those categories. Yeah. And I think that is really where we fundamentally get the problem from is yeah. and this is where the whole thing of greenwashing is. Yeah. Is that, you know, people hear the word environmental and rather than it be a measure of the risk of, say, changes in legislation on a certain business, yeah. they see it as we only select companies that have a positive environmental yeah. impact, and it's just not the case. It's not the case. I'm going to jump forward a little bit in the notes. Sorry to sorry to confuse things. It will. Um, but Investopedia, which is a host of a, a lot of financial definitions and information for people, especially when you're a, a graduate starting in the industry and you don't understand what anything means, which is how <laughs> I used to use it. But they have a they have a definition here of what is uh, ESG investing. It, so they, they go, environmental, social, and governance investing refers to a set of standards for a company's behavior used by socially conscious investors to screen potential investments. Environmental criteria consider how a company safeguards the environment, including corporate policies addressing climate change, for example. Social criteria examine how it manages relationships with employees, 
suppliers, customers, and the communities where it operates. Governance deals with the company's leadership, executive pay, audits, internal controls, the shareholder rights. I mean, some of that is kind of true. Yeah. But some of that definitely isn't. Um, it's It shouldn't be something that's used by socially conscious investors. And the environmental criteria, how it safeguards the environment... Well, considers it, how a company safeguards the it environment. It doesn't do that a lot at all. No, no. So even the... <laughs> the industry kind of place to go for the definitions is is getting it wrong. And I think this is where the marketing is actually bleeding into. Yeah. Like uh, reality. It's not, the marketing isn't changing what's actually been done at the portfolio management level. No. What's actually been invested no. in. But it's, it's, a, it's impacting people's ability to understand what this actual it's thing like, is. It's like an evolution of language, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly, yeah. you know a term starts to get used and it's, you know, it's meaning of all, words, meanings evolve over yeah. time because of all of the, the I mean, <laughs> There's, there's definitely not a lack of sort of press or marketing material on yeah. ESG. And therefore, you know, what happens in the industry when people read something in the press or they see someone else market something in a way, is it all just sort of cross-fertilizes? Yeah, yeah. You know, so if one company says, oh, we consider, you know, a company's, uh, you know, positive impact on the environment, someone else sees it over there, they're going to use it over exactly. here. Exactly. You just get this proliferation of misusing of the, or yeah. mis, mis sort of branding of, of what is effectively yeah. this risk framework yeah. so Stuart Kirk who's, a, who's an FT journalist he was the um, he was the head of responsible investment at HSBC asset management I believe until he went out in a bit of a blaze of glory when he did that um, yeah. at that speak uh, that, that, that uh, talk at a lunch um, where he was kind of lambasting uh, ESG and responsible investment but he's criticised ESG in an article um, what's the article called it is called Stuart Kirk ESG must be split into two and what he what he's what is it what he acknowledges is ESG as intended as used is a risk framework as we've discussed. Yeah. But there's language being used that suggests that it's also something else, which is you know, about maximising good. I.e., he defines impact investing, with, but never mentions impact investing. Um, and he says ESG should be split into ESG input, which is the traditional way of using ESG, which is what we've talked about, um, and then ESG output, which is based on investing companies to maximise good and have financial return. But our argument to him would be, we don't need to do that. That's confusing. You know, one is just ESG, as is used, as is always intended. The other is impact investing. So like in critiquing it and the, with the appropriate critique of ESG, yeah. he's missed out this industry that already exists, yeah. which is impact investing. Call it ESG2. They call it ESG2, which nobody wants and, and seems more rife to kind of greenwashing in itself to me. Yeah. I mean, there's just loads of it. I mean, there was a, there was a, an article a couple of days ago with the with the Mars chief executive, right. where he's he's, he's criticising the attacks in America against ESG, but then his defence of it is, you know, basically young young employees want us to be uh, good on um, you know ESG or purpose or whatever we call it is the quote. <laughs> so it's just a complete again he's sort stuff. of it's just ESG is being given this all encompassing thing yeah. of you know, corporate social responsibility, yeah. company mission. Exactly, yeah. uh, Ethical business Ethical decisions. business, yeah. sustainability, climate, woke capitalism, etc. It's none of those things. It's just the the acronym has been picked up and it's now become more mainstream. Yeah, and it's yeah. just being thrown around yeah. and attached to everything. It's become this like broad church of everything, but yeah. it's, just, it's not. It's a very specific thing. So, there, I mean, there's, there's millions of, of examples you can find online about it being, you know, inappropriately used. But I think, the question, one of the questions would be, why are they doing this? Do, do, do we think that these institutions don't actually know what ESG is? Is it a global conspiracy, Tom? Or is 
Have we found the, the, the central global conspiracy that's behind <laughs> everything? Um, I don't know if it's a global conspiracy necessarily, although maybe we could do that on a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's either um, being... I think, I think the, the, the reality is, as we touched on, it's being seized on by marketing departments because something that we've we've kind of said over the years is it they would prefer ESG to sound more like and be more like impact investing in actual practice. Yeah. But that's a very, very big step for a lot of these big financial services companies to take um, because it has a very detrimental effect on how the rest of their business is viewed. And so they kind of blur the lines on purpose as to what it is to give the impression that ESG is slightly more in the marketing materials, in the language, in all the external facing stuff to clients and to the financial media, et cetera. Whereas in reality, how it's used in practice still is 100% as a risk framework, 100%, not seeing it used in any other way. Um, But it's helpful for them to make it seem like it's something a little bit more because then it'll help them win assets, gather attention, et cetera. And so I think that there is a little bit of a nefarious reason for why these publications and why these people say it's slightly more than that. Whereas in reality, it's still the same. So I think the, 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 the listener was, you know, saying, has it become more? I don't think it has become more actually in practice. Yes. It's very, very defined yeah. in the industry and how has it's it, used. Has it become more, has the language evolved to where ESG is now sort of accepted as a catch-all term yeah. Yeah. for all of these other things? Yeah. I'd say that's probably true. That's probably true. But the practice, the reality is the same as it's always been. And I think people behind the scenes probably are rubbing their hands a little bit going, yeah, we can just do this. And it ticks this big box. We can call it whatever we want. Every, everyone thinks we're doing amazing work. Whereas in reality, we keep doing exactly the same as we've always done. And it's, it, it doesn't require us to change anything. And Tom, do you remember Do you remember January? It seems like an awful long time ago. Do you remember the start of 2023? We made some predictions. And one of them was that ESG was going to get attacked mm. from all angles. Including by us. Including by us. But... <laughs> It's sort of happening, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, and, and it, we, I think we made the prediction, or maybe it was you, because this bit's slightly wrong. Um, <laughs> but we sort of said maybe it will die off as a term. Oh, that was you, wasn't it? I think it's. I think it was me actually. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I think maybe it's not going to die off a term, but it's being it's being it's almost the opposite. It's being so thin, so spread across so yeah, many yeah. different things yeah. that its true meaning is being diluted it's into being something diluted. absolutely meaningless yeah. now. So I think you know what you what you've got now is that you've got the the republicans in america targeting it for being woke capitalism yeah you've got you know the criticism on the other side is that esg isn't doing what it's meant to do which is create a positive world well yeah. no yeah. it was never meant to do that yeah um and then you've got regulators coming in and really trying to sort the mess out basically yeah. stop greenwashing which is definitely a problem yeah in in the industry mm-hmm. um and trying to draw a line somewhere where you can go, you can call this thing sustainable, you can call this thing responsible, um, you know, trying to draw lines about what in um, what in financial services can be defined as yeah. what. Yeah. Um, and it's all just sort of creating, a, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, yeah. it's getting worse. It's getting worse. I think the, the, the issue with the regulation that is that obviously now we have EU regulation, yeah. which is like a, a point, almost like it looks like a points system. Article yeah. nine funds are the top stable funds that yeah. have Article eight. Yeah, and then in the UK, there's no point system. It's a, a labeling thing. It's a labeling thing. Yeah. Sustainable this, sustainable that, sustainable that. Slight, similar 
grading, but slightly different. Some yeah. things in the EU seem to fall in with Article 9. Some don't fall into the top bracket in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Very, very helpful. Yeah. Making everyone's lives much harder, it seems. Yeah. And so I think the intention is there and the intention is good and I hope that it will get to that and point. something has to happen, right? Something because, 100% has you know, to happen. So, but the trouble is, is that, um, you know, you could still have someone that says, you, could, you can't help, but you can't, sort of mould what the public perception of a term is. Yeah, exactly. So if you yeah. says this fund uses ESG factors, that's going to mean a oh. hundred different yeah, exactly, things yeah. to a hundred different people. Yeah. I mean, some people still won't have heard of ESG, but the ones that have, I'd guarantee that if you did a survey of, you know, a hundred people that had heard the term ESG and sort of said they knew what it meant, yeah. you'd get probably a hundred different definitions now. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the, the FCA at the moment are using terms where the word sustainable is in each... Bracket and response and, and, and responsible. About, well, I think no. Actually, we're talking about bringing a responsible label in. Yeah, and got dropped. That. Yeah, and then they've got three different sustainable terms at the moment. Is the current working theory? Yeah, but sustainable is very climate centric. Yes, as a term. Yes. Yeah, you know, whereas impact it's, investing is broader than that. It's, it's really just, difficult because you're trying to you're trying to draw lines on something where you know almost the cat's already out the bag. Yeah, and there's so many different words being used. There's so many different things. There's so many different approaches, and there's so yeah. many different levels of what you can do. You know, you can have a fund that uses, you know, a five percent consideration to ESG. Mm. You know, we'll 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 factor it in, but we won't factor it in fully, which is basically just a normal fund. <laughs> yeah, or you can have you know a private, socially responsible, private equity fund only investing in, you know, yeah. a certain high-impact category. Yeah. And you have everything in between, and you've got to try and put them all into a category. Yeah. It's nigh on impossible to draw the lines yeah. where you're going to get something that is, that is you know, a standout solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very difficult, and it, it's very difficult for, for consumers to, to understand. And the other problem with public perception is, is that there's a whole separate raft of legislation about advertising consumer products. Mm. So, you know, you can't make claims mm. that certain foods are net zero or certain products or services are good for the world. There's new legislation coming in there as well, right across the board. So, you know, a consumer might have an idea what those terms mean when it comes to a supermarket or yeah. to a car, yeah. Or some, but they may then have a completely different perception as to what they are to do with financial services, or they may they may confuse the two mm. industries or yeah. two sectors. So it's it's a complete uh, it's a complete mess basically in terms of understanding. Um, we would always go back to if you're trying to pick investments for yourself, be clear on what you want those investments to do, yeah. And then the shorthand way of deciding whether a fund is is doing good for the world or not, is to look at the top 10 holdings yeah. and see what those companies do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So I think that ESG, the language around it is morphing, but the reality is it's a risk framework. That's not changed. That's how it's used in practice. And just bear that in mind when you're looking at funds labelled ESG. So we hope that answers the question. Doesn't Maybe it doesn't. If it's caused more confusion, um, write in again. <laughs> we'll, try, we'll try again next week. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.